Miss Culver? Mother! Yes, darling? You're the last person I expected to find here. You never told me you were coming to see Constance. Well, I didn't intend to, till I saw in your beady eye that you meant to. I thought I'd just as soon be here first. Bentley says she's out. Yes. Are you going to wait? Certainly. Then I will too. That'll be very nice. Your words are cordial, but your tone is slightly frigid, my dear. I don't know what you mean by that, Mother. My dear, we've known one another a great many years, haven't we? More than we always find convenient to mention. Not at all. I'm 32. I'm not in the least ashamed of my age. Constance is 36. And yet, we still think it worthwhile to be a trifle disingenuous with one another. Our sex takes a natural pleasure in dissimulation. I don't think anyone can accuse me of not being frank. Frankness, of course, is the pose of the moment. It is often a very effective screen for one's thoughts. I think you're being faintly disagreeable to me, Mother. I, on the other hand, think you are inclined to be decidedly foolish. Because I want to tell Constance something she ought to know. Ah, I was right then. And it's to tell her that you've broken an engagement and left three wretched people to play cutthroat. It is. And may I ask why you think Constance ought to know? Why? Why? That's one of those questions that really don't need answering. I've always noticed that the questions that really don't need answering are the most difficult to answer. It isn't at all difficult to answer. She ought to know the truth because it's the truth. Of course. Truth is an excellent thing. But before one tells it, one should be quite sure that one does so for the advantage of the person who hears it rather than for one's own self-satisfaction. Mother, Constance is a very unhappy person. Nonsense! She eats well, sleeps well, dresses well, and she's losing weight. No woman could be unhappy in those circumstances. Of course, if you won't understand, it's no use my trying to make you. You're a darling, but you're the most unnatural mother. Your attitude simply amazes me. Mrs. Fawcett? Oh, Barbara, how very nice to see you. Oh, Bentley told me you were here, and Constance was out. What are you doing? Bickering. What about? Constance. I'm glad you've come, Barbara. Did you know that John was having an affair with Marie-Louise? Oh, I hate giving a straight answer to a straight question. <laughs> I suppose everyone knows but us. How long have you known? They say it's been going on for months. I can't think how it is. We've only just heard it. It speaks very well for human nature that with the masses of dear friends we have, it's only today that one of them broke the news to us. Well, perhaps the dear friend only heard it this morning. At first, I refused to believe it. Only quite, quite at first, darling. You surrendered to the evidence with an outraged alacrity that took my breath away. Of course I put two and two together. After the first shock, I understood everything. I'm only astonished that it never occurred to me before. 
Oh, are you very much upset, Mrs. Carver? Not a bit. I was brought up by a very strict mother to believe that men were naturally wicked. I am seldom surprised at what they do, and never upset. Mother has been simply maddening. She treats it as though it doesn't matter a row of pins. Constance and John have been married for 15 years. John is a very agreeable man. I've sometimes wondered whether he was any more faithful to his wife than most husbands. But as it is really no concern of mine, I didn't let my mind dwell on it. Is Constance your daughter, or is she not your daughter? You certainly have a passion for straight questions, my dear. The answer is yes. And are you prepared to sit there quietly and let her husband grossly deceive her with her most intimate friend? So long as she doesn't know, I can't see that she's any the worse. Hurry Louise is a nice little thing. Silly, of course, but then that's what men like. And if John is going to deceive Constance, it's much better that it should be with someone we all know. Did you ever hear a respectable woman, and Mother is respectable? Oh, quite. Talk like that. You think that something ought to be done about it? I'm determined that something shall be done about it. Well, my dear, I'm determined that there's at least one thing you shan't do, and that is to tell Constance. Is that what you want to do? Somebody ought to tell her. If Mother won't, I must. Oh, I'm extremely fond of Constance. Of course, I've known what was going on for a long time, and I've been dreadfully worried. John has put her into an odious position. No man has the right to humiliate his wife as he has humiliated Constance. He's made her perfectly ridiculous. Oh. If women were ridiculous because their husbands are unfaithful to them, well, there would surely be a great deal more merriment in the world than there is. You know, they were lunching together today. We hadn't heard that. But they were dining together the night before last. Mm, we know what they had to eat for dinner. Do you know what they had to eat for lunch? Mother... Well, I thought she seemed rather uppish about the lunch. You have no sense of decency, Mother. Oh, my dear. Don't talk to me about decency. Decency died with dear Queen Victoria. But you can't approve of John having an open and flagrant intrigue with Constance's greatest friend. It may be that with advancing years my arteries have hardened. I'm unable to attach any great importance to the philanderings of men. I think it is their nature. John is a very hard-working surgeon. If he likes to lunch and dine with a pretty woman now and then, I don't think he's much to blame. It must be very tiresome to have three meals a day with the same woman for seven days a week. <laughs> I'm a little bored myself at seeing Martha opposite me at the dinner table. And men cannot stand boredom as well as women. I'm sure I'm very much obliged to you, Mother. But they're not only lunching and dining together. You fear the worst, my dear? I know the worst. And I always think that's such a comfort. With closed doors and no one listening to us. Hmm. 
So long as a man is kind and civil to his wife, do you blame him very much if he strays occasionally from the narrow path of virtue? Do you mean to say that you attach no importance to husbands and wives keeping their marriage vows? I think wives should. Oh, but that's grossly unfair. Why should they any more than men? Because on the whole, they like it. Oh, we are naturally faithful creatures. And we are faithful because well, we have no particular inclination to be anything else. I wonder. My dear, you are a widow and perfectly free. Have you really had any great desire to do anything that the world might say you shouldn't? Oh, I have my business. Oh, when you work hard eight hours a day, you don't much want to be bothered with love. A man around the house is often useful. <laughs> it's nice to have someone around to tell you you're quite right when you know in your heart you're quite wrong. By the way, how is your business? Oh, growing by leaps and bounds. As a matter of fact, I came here today to ask Constance if she would like to come in with me. Why should she? John earns plenty of money. Well, I thought if things came to a crisis, she might like to know that her independence was assured. Oh, you want them to come to a crisis too? Oh, no, of course I don't. But you know, they can't go on like this. It's a miracle that Constance hasn't heard yet. I hope she'll find out as quickly as possible. I still think it's Mother's duty to tell her. Which I have no intention of doing. And if Mother won't, I think I ought. Which I have no intention of permitting. Her position is intolerable. He's humiliated her beyond endurance. I have no words to express my opinion of Marie-Louise. And the first time I see her, I shall tell her exactly what I think of her. She's a horrid, ungrateful, mean, and contemptible little cat. Anyhow, I think it would be a comfort to Constance to know that if anything happens, she has me to turn to. But John would make her a handsome allowance. He's a very generous man. Do you think Constance would accept it? Oh, Martha's quite right, Mrs. Culver. No woman in those circumstances would take a penny of his money. That's what she'd say. But she'd take care that her lawyer made the best arrangement he could. Few men know with what ingenuity women can combine the disinterested gesture with an eye for the main chance. Mm, aren't you rather cynical, Mrs. Culver? Oh, I hope not. But when women are alone together, I don't see why we shouldn't tell the truth now and then. It's a rest from the weary round of pretending to be something that we quite well know we are not. I'm not aware that I've ever pretended to be anything I wasn't. I dare say not, my dear. But I've always thought you a little stupid. You take after your poor father. Constance and I have the brains of the family. Constance! I'm so sorry I wasn't in. How nice of you all to wait. How are you, mother darling? What have you been doing all day, Constance? Oh, I've been shopping with Marie-Louise. She's just coming up. Is she here? Yes, she's telephoning. You and Marie-Louise are quite inseparable. I like her. She amuses me. 
Were you lunching together? No, she was lunching with a young man. Oh, really? John always comes home to luncheon, doesn't he? When he doesn't have to be at the hospital too early. Was he lunching with you today? No, he was engaged. Where? Good heavens, I don't know. When you've been married as long as I have, you never ask your husband where he's going. I don't know why not. (laughs) Because he might take it into his head to ask you. And also because, if you're a wise woman, you have confidence in your husband. John has never given me a moment's uneasiness. You're lucky. Or wise. Oh, I didn't know there was a party. Martha and I are just going. You know my mother, Marie-Louise? Of course I do. She's a very nice mother. With her head screwed on the right way, and very active for her years. How are you? Hello, darling. That's new, isn't it, Marie-Louise? Yes, I've never had it on before. Oh, did you put it on because you were lunching with a young man? What makes you think I was lunching with a young man? Constance told me so. It was only a guess on my part. When we met, I noticed that your eyes were shining and that you had that pleased young look a woman always gets when someone has been telling her she's the most adorable thing in the world. Tell us who it was, Marie-Louise. Do nothing of the kind, Marie-Louise. Keep it a secret and give us something to gossip about. How is your husband, dear? Oh, very well. I've just been phoning him. I never saw anyone adore his wife so obviously as he adores you. Yes, he's sweet, isn't he? It must be nerve-wracking to live up to such devotion. It would be a dreadful shock if he ever found out that you weren't everything he thought you. But Marie-Louise is everything he thinks her. And even if I weren't, I think it would require more than the evidence of his eyes to persuade him. Listen, there's John. John? John? Hello? Are you coming up? Marie-Louise is here. Yes, I'm just coming. He's been operating all the afternoon. I expect he's tired out. I dare say he only had a sandwich for luncheon. Good Lord, I never saw such a lot of people. Oh, how is my mother-in-law? Mother-in-law-ish. You know... I only married Constance because her mother wouldn't have me. Well, I was too young at the time to marry a boy 20 years younger than myself. It hasn't prevented you from flirting outrageously with the creature ever since. What have you been doing all day, darling? I've been shopping with Marie-Louise. Oh, how do you do? Did you lunch together? No, she lunched with a young man. Oh, I wish it had been me. What have you been doing with yourself lately? We haven't seen you for ages. You're never about. Constance and I almost live in one another's pockets. So how's that rich husband of yours? I've just been speaking to him. Isn't it a bore? He's got to go down to Birmingham for the night. You'd better come and dine with us. Oh, it's awfully nice of you. But I'm tired out. I shall just go to bed and have an egg. I was just going to tell you, Constance... I shan't be in this evening. I've got an acute appendix to do. What a nuisance. You've got a wonderful profession, John. 
If you ever want to do anything or go anywhere, you've got an operation and no one can prove it's a lie. Oh, my dear, you mustn't put suspicions into my innocent head. It would never occur to John to be deceitful, would it? I think I'd have to go an awful long way before I manage to deceive you, darling. Sometimes I think you're right. I do like to see a husband and wife so devoted to one another as you and John. You've been married 15 years, haven't you? Yes. And it doesn't seem a day too much. Well, I must be running along. I'm late already. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye, Mrs. Culver. Goodbye, darling. We've had such a nice afternoon. Goodbye. Oh, I'll come downstairs with you. I was just going, Marie-Louise. I'll come with you. John, I wonder if you'd mind looking at my knee for a minute. It's been rather painful for the last day or two. Oh, of course not. Come to my consulting room. These kneecaps are troublesome things when you want to get them out of order. I'll wait for you. You won't be long, will you? We might share a taxi. I've got my car. Oh, how nice. You can give me a lift, then. Of course. I shall be delighted. What is the matter with her knee? It slips. What happens then? She slips, too. Are you never jealous of these women who come and see John in his consulting room? He always has a nurse within call in case they should attempt to take liberties with him. Is the nurse there now? And anyway, I can't help thinking that the sort of woman who wants to be made love to in a consulting room with a lively odor of antiseptics is the sort of woman who wears horrid undies. I can never bring myself to be jealous of her. It's true that Maria Louise's... Very pretty. Marie-Louise is a darling, but she and John have known each other far too long. John likes her, of course, but he says she has no brain. Men don't always say what they think. Fortunately, or we shouldn't always know what they feel. Don't you think John has any secrets from you? My dear, you talk like a confirmed spinster. Do you really think that men are mysterious? They're children. Why, my dear, John at 40 isn't nearly so grown up as Helen at 14. Oh, how is your girl, Constance? Oh, she's very well. She loves boarding school, you know. They're like little boys, men. Sometimes, of course, they're rather naughty and you have to pretend to be angry with them. They attach so much importance to such entirely unimportant things that it's really touching. And they're so helpless, just like dogs. They haven't got the sense to come in out of the rain, poor darlings. You can't help liking them. I think they're sweet, but it's absurd to take them seriously. You're a wise woman, Mother. What do you think? I think you are not in love with your husband. What nonsense. Marie-Louise is waiting for you, Martha. I've just put a little bandage around her knee. I hope you weren't rough. Goodbye, dear. Are you coming, Mother? Not just yet. Oh. Goodbye, Barbara. Constance, I've got a suggestion to make to you. You know that my business has been growing by leaps and bounds, and I simply cannot get along alone anymore. I was wondering if you'd like to come in with me. Oh, my dear, I'm not a businesswoman. Oh, you've got marvelous taste and you have ideas. You could do all the decorating 
and I'd confine myself to buying and selling furniture. But I've got no capital. I've got all the capital I want, and I must have help, and I know no one more suitable than you. We'd go 50-50, and I think I can promise that you'd make a 1000 to 1500 a year. I've been an idle woman so long, I think I'd find it dreadfully hard to work eight hours a day. Oh, won't you think it over? It's very interesting, you know. You're naturally energetic. Don't you get bored with doing nothing all the time? I don't think John would like it. After all, it would look as though he couldn't afford to support me. Oh, but nowadays, plenty of women have careers, or just as men do. I think my career is looking after John, running his house for him, and making him happy and comfortable. Well, don't you think it rather a mistake to put all your eggs in one basket? Independence is a very good thing, and a woman who stands on her own feet can look to the future with a good deal of confidence. It's sweet of you, but so long as John and I are happy together, I think I should be foolish to do anything to vex him. Well, I want you to know that if you change your mind, the job is open to you. Don't think me horrid if I say I hope I shall never need to accept it. Of course not. But you've only to say the word. <laughs> Goodbye, darling. Goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Mrs. Culver. Goodbye. Are you quite happy, dear? Oh, quite. Don't I look it? Oh, I'm bound to say you do. So far as I can judge by the look of you, I should say you haven't a trouble in the world. You'd be wrong. My cook has given notice and she makes the best meringues I've ever eaten. I like John. So do I. He has all the solid qualities that make a man a good husband. An agreeable temper, a sense of humor, and an entire indifference to petty extravagance. How right you are, darling, to realize that those are the solid qualities. Of course, uh, one has to compromise in life. If one wants to be happy in one's own way, one must let others be happy in theirs. The great thing is not to let vanity warp one's reasonable point of view. Mother, mother, pull yourself together. Everybody's so clever nowadays. They say everything but the obvious. I've discovered that I only have to say it quite simply in order to be thought a most original and amusing old lady. Spare me, darling. If at any time something went wrong with you, you would tell your mother, wouldn't you? Of course. I hate the thought that you might be unhappy and let a foolish pride prevent you from letting me console and advise you. It wouldn't, Mother dear. I had uh, rather an odd experience the other day. A little friend of mine came to see me and told me that her husband was neglecting her. Oh, well, John never neglects me. I asked her why she told me, and not her own mother. She said that her mother never wanted her to marry, and it would mortify her now to have to say she'd made a mistake. Well, of course, I gave her a good talking to. She didn't get much sympathy from me. 
That was very unkind, wasn't it? Oh, I have my own ideas about marriage. If a man neglects his wife, it's her own fault. And if he's systematically unfaithful to her, well, in nine cases out of ten, she only has herself to blame. Systematically is a grim word. No sensible woman attaches importance to an occasional slip. Time and chance are responsible for that. And shall we say masculine vanity? I told my little friend that if her husband was unfaithful to her, it was because he found other women more attractive. And why should she be angry with him for that? Her business was to be more attractive than they. You are not what they call a feminist, Mother, are you? After all, what is fidelity? Mother, do you mind if I open the window? It is open. In that case, do you mind if I shut it? I feel that when a woman of your age asks such a question, I should make some sort of symbolic gesture. Oh, don't be ridiculous. Of course, I believe in fidelity for women. I suppose no one has ever questioned the desirability of that. But men are different. Women should remember that they have their homes and their name and position and their family. And they should just learn to close their eyes when it's possible they may see something they're not meant to. Did you ring, madam? Yes. I am expecting Mr. Bernard Kersel. I'm not at home to anybody else. Very good, madam. Is Mr. Middleton in? Yes, madam. He's in the consulting room. Very well. Is that a polite way of telling me that I had better take myself off? Of course not. On the contrary, I particularly want you to stay. Who is this mysterious gentleman? Mother! Bernard! That says nothing to me at all. Not Saint Bernard, darling. Pull yourself together, my pet. You must remember Bernard Kersel. He proposed to me. Oh, my dear. You cannot expect me to remember the names of all the young men who proposed to you. Yes, but he proposed more than any of the others. Why? I suppose because I refused him. I can't think of any other reason. Yeah, he made no impression on me. I very nearly married him, you know. Why didn't you? I think he was a trifle too much inclined to lie down on the floor and let me walk over him. In short, he had no sense of humour. I was quite certain that he loved me, and I was never absolutely sure that John did. Well, you're sure now, dear, aren't you? Oh, yes. John adores me. And what's this young man coming for today? He's not such a very young man anymore. He was 29 then, and so he must be nearly 45 now. He isn't still in love with you. I shouldn't think so. Do you think it possible after 15 years? It's surely very unlikely. Don't look at me like that, Mother. I don't like it. Don't talk stuff and nonsense to me, child. Of course you know if he's in love with you or not. But I haven't seen him since I married John. You see, he lives in China. 
He's a merchant or something in Shanghai. He came when I was so dreadfully ill and I didn't see him. Oh. Well, why is he here now, then? Have you been corresponding with him? No. One can't write letters to anyone one never sees for fifteen years. He always sends me flowers on my birthday. That is rather sweet of him. And the other day I had a letter from him saying he was in England and would like to see me. So I asked him to come today. I wondered why you were so smart. Of course, he may be terribly changed. Men go off so dreadfully, don't they? He may be bald and fat now. He may be married. Oh, if he were, I don't think he'd want to come and see me, would he? I see you are under the impression he's still in love with you. Oh, I'm not. Then why are you so nervous? It's only natural that I shouldn't want him to think me old and haggard. He adored me, Mother. I suppose he still thinks of me as I was then. It wouldn't be very nice if his face fell about a yard and a half when he came into the room. Then I think I'd much better leave you to face the ordeal alone. Oh, no, Mother, you must stay. I particularly want you. You see, he may be awful, and I may wish I'd never seen him again. It'd be so much easier if you're here. I may not want to be alone with him at all. Oh, on the other hand, I may. Oh. It seems to me you're putting me in a slightly embarrassing situation. Now listen, if I think he's awful, we'll just talk about the weather for a few minutes and then we'll have an ominous pause and stare at him. That always makes a man feel a perfect fool. And the moment a man feels a fool, he gets up and goes. Sometimes they don't know how to, poor dears. And the earth will never open and swallow them up. On the other hand, if I think he looks rather nice, I shall just take out my handkerchief and carefully place it on the piano. Why? Darling, in order that you may rise to your aged feet and say, well, you really must be running along. Uh, yes, I know that, but why should you carelessly place your handkerchief on the piano. Because I am a creature of impulse. I shall have an impulse to place my handkerchief on the piano. Oh, very well. But I always mistrust impulses. Mr. Kersel. How do you do? Do you remember my mother? Uh, I'm sure she doesn't remember me. That is the soft answer that turneth away wrath. It's rather late for tea, isn't it? Would you like a drink? Uh, no, thanks. I, I've just this moment had one. To brace you for seeing me? I was nervous. Have I changed as much as you expected? Oh, that's not what I was nervous about. Is it really fifteen years since you saw Constance? Yes. I didn't see her when I was last in England. I had to go out to China again and get my business together. I haven't had a chance to come home before. And are you home for long? A year. Have you brought your wife with you? Oh, I'm not married. Oh, Constance said you were married to a Chinese lady. Nonsense, Mother! 
I never said anything of the sort. Oh, perhaps I was thinking of Julia Linton. She married an Egyptian pasha. I believe she's very happy. At all events, he hasn't killed her yet. <laughs> How is your husband? He's very well. I dare say he'll be here presently. Uh, haven't you got a little sister? I suppose she's come out by now. He means Martha. Yes, she's come out and gone in again. She was not so much younger than me, you know. Do you like the East, Mr. Castle? One has a pretty good time there, you know. Would you like to smoke? There are some cigarettes here. Oh, uh, I wonder what the time is. It's late, Mother. Are you dining out tonight? I suppose you want to have a lie down before you dress for dinner? I hope I shall see you again, Mr. Kersel. Thank you very much. Goodbye, darling. I couldn't remember if the handkerchiefs meant go or stay. You had only to use your eyes. Well, you only confused me by putting more and more handkerchiefs on the piano. For goodness sake, go, Mother. Goodbye, my sweet. I'm sorry you've got to run away so soon. Uh, goodbye. Did you think it was very rude of us to whisper? Mother has a passion for secrets. Of course not. Let's sit down and make ourselves comfortable. Let me look at you. You haven't changed much. You're a little thinner and perhaps a little more lined. Men are so lucky. If they have any character, they grow better looking as they grow older. Do you know, I'm 35 now. What does that matter? Shall I tell you something? When you wrote and suggested coming here, I was delighted at the thought of seeing you again, and wrote at once. And then I was panic-stricken. I would have given almost anything not to have sent that letter. And all today I've had such a horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. Didn't you see my knees wobble when you came into the room? <laughs> in God's name, why? I should be a perfect fool if I didn't know that when I was a girl I was very pretty... It's rather a pang when you are forced to the conclusion that you're not quite so pretty as you were. People don't tell one. One tries to hide it from oneself. Anyhow, I thought I'd rather know the worst. That's one of the reasons I asked you to come. Whatever I thought, you can hardly imagine that I should be deliberately rude. Of course not. But I watched your face. I was afraid I'd see there. By God, how she's gone off. <laughs> and did you? You were rather shy when you came in. You weren't thinking of me. It's quite true. Years ago, you were a pretty girl. Now, you're lovely. You're ten times more beautiful than you were then. It's nice of you to say so. Well, don't you believe it? I think you do. And I confess that's sufficiently gratifying. Now, tell me. Why aren't you married? It's time you did, you know, or it'll be too late. You'll have a very lonely old age if you don't. I never wanted to marry anyone but you. Oh, come. You're not going to tell me that you've never been in love since you were in love with me. No. I've been in love half a dozen times, but when it came to the point, I found I still loved you best. I like you for saying that. I shouldn't have believed it if you said you'd never loved anybody else. 
And I should have been vexed with you for thinking me such a fool as to believe it. You see, it was you I loved and the others. One, because she had hair like yours, and uh, another because her smile reminded me of your smile. I hate to think that I've made you unhappy. But you haven't. I've had a very good time. I've enjoyed my work, I've made a bit of money, and uh, I've had a lot of fun. I don't blame you for having married John instead of me. Do you remember John? Of course I do. He was a very nice fellow. I dare say he's made you a better husband than I should have. I've had my ups and downs. I'm very irritable sometimes. John's been able to give you everything you wanted. You were much safer with him. Uh, By the way, I suppose I can still call you Constance? Of course, why not? Do you know, I think you have a very nice nature, Bernard. Hmm. Are you happy with John? Oh, very. I think I can quite honestly say that ours has been a very happy and successful marriage. I'm awfully glad to hear that. Do you think it's cheek to ask if John loves you? I'm sure he loves me. Mm-hmm. And you love him? Very much. Mm. May I make a short speech? If I may interrupt at suitable moments. Mm. I hope you're going to let me see a great deal of you during this year I've got at home. I want to see a great deal of you. There's just one thing I want to get off my chest, and then I needn't refer to it again. I am just as madly in love with you as I was when I asked you to marry me fifteen years ago. I think I shall remain in love with you all my life. I'm too old a dog to learn new tricks, but I... I want you to know that you needn't have the smallest fear that I shall make a nuisance of myself. That's not such a very long speech after all. At a public dinner, they would hardly even call it a few remarks. All I ask for is your friendship. And if in return I care to give you my love, I don't see that it's anyone's business but my own. I don't think it is. I think... I can be a very good friend, Bernard. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were engaged. I'm not. Come in. This is Bernard Castle. How do you do? I'm afraid you don't remember me. If you ask me point blank, I think it's safer to confess I don't. Don't be silly, John. He used to come to Mother's. Before we were married, you mean? Yes. You both spent several weekends with us together. My dear, that was 15 years ago. I'm awfully sorry not to remember you, but I'm delighted to see you now. He's just come back from China. Oh, well, I hope we shall see you again. I'm just going along to the club to have a rubber before dinner, darling. Why don't you dine here with Constance? I've got an acute appendix and she'll be all alone, poor darling. Oh, that's awfully kind of you. It would be a friendly act. Are you free? Always to do a friendly act. Very well. I shall expect you at 8.15. Now ain't she sweet, see her coming down the street. Now I ask you very confidentially, ain't she sweet, ain't she nice? Look her over once or twice, now I ask you...